Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. everyone and welcome to another episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host Liz Peterson and today I have Julia Anderson or Julia Harriet as she says in her bio and book. So Julia Harriet is a dreamer and a silly heart. She is also a builder and a survivor. As the mother of two incredible children, she loves to play, learn, and love. After spending a decade teaching everything from preschool to high school art, She followed her heart that dreamed to one day build her own home and began a carpentry apprenticeship. Julia has been working in construction ever since and imagines her life to always be a project under construction. And she is going to be discussing her new book, Under Construction, Healing Trauma While Building My Dream. Julia, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Liz. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. I... Love your book. I smiled. I grinned because I know the characters. I cried and I cried again and again and again. It was beautiful, Julia. Thank you for sharing your heart. Oh, that means so much to me, Liz. That is the whole driver of why I decided to write this story and bring it into the world is exactly what you just expressed. So it's just like it makes my heart just expand with pleasure and joy to know that that it had that effect on you and and that's like I said that's the driver of going forth I'm glad you did it I have goosebumps thank you my truth bumps that's that's (laughs) what needs to be heard in the world I'm glad you did it I'm going to start right off I love the dedication to your two sweet children that I had the pleasure of watching grow up since we both live on Vashon Island yes And it's a letter to your children from the heart telling them it begins within. Within is where they find everything. Can you talk a little bit about that and your dedication to your children? Yeah. Um, You know, I actually wrote that dedication on Mother's Day. I always try to do a piece of writing to my mom, who's no longer um, with me and with our family at this point. Um, I love writing a poem to her. And so what came forth this year, it was interesting because I felt like I was both channeling my mother and my experience of mothering of what it really is, because sometimes in the minutia of the day to day, when we're getting our kids to school and just dealing with the things that come up, which are many, (laughs) it's like, it's easy to lose the depth of what a relationship is between mother and child. And so that dedication was foremost of really grounding me in my journey as a human, as a woman, as a mother, and that's what my story is. And so I wanted to start with them because throughout my life since becoming a mom, it's been my my daughter and my son that have always brought me back to center, always brought me back to the truth. So when I get spun out, I'm like, what would, what would Mirabel do? What would Docton do? You know, where I ask them a question, I'm like, I, I need perspective. And so that's, that's why they started the whole journey with me is because throughout the ups and downs, the beautiful moments and the tragic moments, they were there, you know, and 
when I felt at my lowest, I was like, I'm, I'm a mother, I'm going to rise. I'm going to show Mirabelle and Docton that love wins. And so that's what that dedication is. It's definitely a love wins. And like I said, I could feel my mom touching my shoulders. I miss that so much while I was writing it. And so it's just like, I can feel it right now. That's beautiful, Julia. So let's jump into the book. <clears throat> what was your purpose for writing this book? Well, it was quite, it was quite a process. So <laughs> to be honest, I love writing. So writing is a passion of mine. And really, I mean, since I was my son's age, since I was eight, nine, um, I loved writing stories. So that's something that was innate in me. And I'd been writing poetry for years and years. Um, after I experienced a series of unfortunate events, um, of traumatic experiences, I actually went through a period of time um, about five years ago, almost six years ago now, where I completely lost my ability to write. So when I say that, it sounds dramatic. Really, what I realize now is that I went into a period of incubation where I was healing and I needed to put all of my energy, all of my creativity into healing. But at the time, I'd sit down to something I could do that brought me joy and it was gone. And so years went by. I'd take many vacations, you know, to go, okay, well, maybe if I go away for the weekend, I'll be able to write again. And I'd get wherever I was, I'd be in the mountains, I'd be somewhere beautiful and nothing, you know? And so I waited and I waited and I started just thinking, well, maybe it's just gone forever. And about a year ago, so uh, last November, I was, you know, scanning through social media and I saw a 30 day book writing challenge and I looked at it. And it kind of scared me. I was like, 30 days. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I was like, you know what, Julia, what if, what if you just need a little fire? Like I felt in my healing, I was ready to push myself. And so I signed up for this 30 day book writing challenge. And what it enabled was that I just kept showing up each day of the 30 days. And at first it was really rough. I'm not going to lie. It was like pulling teeth. It hurt. I looked at the page or whatever I was writing in. And it was like, okay, <laughs> but what, it was kind of like anything like working out physically. I kept coming. And then I was like, okay, it's coming. It's happening. And that's what started my story. So I realized I really wanted to share about the year 2016 in my life, which was literally, I would say a year of reckoning is a good way of labeling it. Um, I know I have several friends who have gone through that in 2020 in last year, but mine was 2016. And it was the year that I lost my mother to cancer. I went through a divorce and then I ended up being drugged and sexually assaulted in my hometown in a space I felt actually very safe in. So it was kind of like, what? <laughs> How I laugh because I can look at it now and I'm like, Man, it is a truly a series of unfortunate events that happen. And the story is not just those things that were perceived as negative at the time. It was also the year that I left my career in teaching because in order to um, visit my mom, who was in this battle with cancer down in Oregon, teaching didn't work. I mean, I needed to be there for the kids. And so I made this shift after over a decade of teaching 
to really open myself up. And in these moments of total um, chaos, I was like, what do I want, Liz? You know, I was like, when you sit there, maybe with a dear friend or having a glass of wine by yourself after your kids are in bed, and it's like, what do I really want at this point as a 35 year old woman going through some major life changes? And I wanted to build. I was like, eh, you know, in my heart of hearts, I always, always, always wanted to build, learn how to build. And not only that, but build my own home for my family. I think it was like symbolic of, you know, like rising out of the ashes and being able to construct something that was secure and safe. And, and that's where my story really takes off. But to, you know, circle back, this story had so many components. And when I'd share it with people, they're like, Julia, why don't you write a book? And that's what, you know, as I started this 30 day book writing challenge, I'm like the little engine that could, if I think I can, I'll get some momentum. And that's what happened is I built up momentum. And I was like, I want to share this story because it's my story of healing and I can help people. You know, if I am brave enough and keep going, it, I will be able to reach my hands out to people I haven't even met yet and say, I'm with you. And we, you know, I can be with you through this of your darkest times to a, a place of new beginnings and opportunities that you can't see yet, that you can't even imagine when you're in this place that's so like, oh, so that's my, <laughs> that's a long version answer to uh, your question, Liz. I love that. And I love how the writing challenge came into your life. There's, there really are no accidents. No. It was amazing. That was a beautiful way to open up that path for you. That's it was amazing. So tell us what I want to go back to the beginning of what everything you just said. Yes. But during that time that you weren't able to write, what were the things that you did to or during your healing path to get you through what you had were and had experienced? Yeah. Well, I must admit that before 2016, I was the kind of person who really resisted help. I did not like asking for help. I did not like people knowing I needed help. And so I kept a lot of what was really authentically happening inside and even outside in my life to myself. And seemingly that sort of worked. (laughs) I I say that because really it didn't work that well at all, but I kept to what I had done for at least my whole adult life up to this point in 2016. And so after going through these just like leveling events that, I mean, I could have put up the white flag. I could have just thought the world was a very negative place. I'm like, I need all the help I can get (laughs) all at once. I was like, okay, this is a time when I'm calling all cars, if you will. And so Fortunately, here on Vashon, we have some lovely, I mean, I feel very connected to the community here, um, as well as we have some wonderful healers and resources. Um, The Dove Project being where, you know, two days after, um, you know, I was sexually assaulted and just in absolute shock of what had happened, um, you know, my dear friend and um and boss at the time amanda when i was working over at o space you know saw me and was like we're going to dove and i didn't even know what the dove project was i understood that at least my understanding was that they served um 
victims of domestic violence. So I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing here, but I'll go. <laughs> like, I'll go anywhere that someone will take me in and make me feel safe in this moment. And so that's what really started it was, I mean, calling in a huge team, you know, um, from my family. I mean, my friends were incredible. Um, you know, so that was a big piece was the first just admitting and accepting help and saying, you know what, I'm like completely worthy of this. This doesn't mean I'm not strong. This doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a victim even. It just means that, yeah, I really deserve to be held right now. And there are things I don't know about healing from any of these things because I'd never gone through any of them. And there are people that do know things. And so to lean in. And so, you know, Dove hooked me up with an incredible counselor therapist. And I started doing acupuncture, things I had never, ever done. And those things, you know, really came in and supported me on different levels, you know, on a physical level, on an emotional level, a spiritual level. So I was, you know, just bringing in everything. And I had just started working in construction you know, in that same year. And so it was so amazing to work with an entire, well, and not entirely because there um, is another wonderful woman at the time, Eliza, who was on the crew, but in a world that's very masculine um, and come in with these like very huge life moments um, and be supported by men in that way and watch their emotional unfoldment as I opened up to them, I mean, they became my family, you know, and here we were building these projects and then building my house together. And I mean, it was as though we were, I mean, we were building in a sacred way together. And so um, it was amazing. I mean, I feel so grateful to be here on Bashan, um, even as, you know, what happened to me occurred in this community. It was like, one negative to tenfold positive, you know, it was like, oh, right. This is my community, this out here, <laughs> not this one moment that went awry. That's beautiful, Julia, that you were surrounded by so many loving people and so supported. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So grateful. And, um, you did a lot of work with Dove through your process and after you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I mean, to be honest, you know, I had heard about um, date rape drugs and it was one of those things that it happened definitely not on Bashan in my mind. And it was something maybe more in college towns or in nightclubs. You know, I was like, okay, like I never in a bazillion years when I went to have a glass of wine at a bar where I was very familiar, I knew most of the people. I mean, it was so far off my radar. And so after this happened to me and I started putting together the pieces of the puzzle and, you know, went to Dove and they started supporting me and, and helping me have legal access. Cause as a single mom at the time um, of going through such a transition, you know, I did not have money to access a legal counsel and they supported me in that. And so as Dove was supporting me and I was understanding, I was like, oh my gosh, I just didn't know things like this were happening in our community. I want to do something about it because I love, I love going out. I love going out to live music. I love going and having a glass of wine with a friend or by myself and having great food with people. It's very, very, very important to me. And I was like, 
if this isn't safe here on Vashon, and I'm, I can't be the only one that doesn't know that there are some kind of, uh, there's an undercurrent and underbelly happening that's not having any light exposed on it. And Dove was just right there. They're like, let's, let's create a community conversation around this. And so it was fabulous because essentially uh, Betsy, who was the executive director at the time, uh, you know, she heard my story. We looked uh, at the traditional legal roots and they were pretty grim, um, to be honest. I mean, everyone was like, yeah, you can pursue that, but here's the likelihood after going through this of what you're going to get justice wise. And I mean, it was, it was, I forget, I mean, it was like three to 5%, you know, it was some abysmal amount that I would even have a trial, you know? And, and so it was just like, okay, that's not where the justice is going to come from. The justice is going to come from going out into the community and raising awareness, being authentic about what happened to me. And as soon as I shared my story, Liz, it was incredible because I did so on social media and through the local newspaper here. Um, people, came, you know, reached out to me, um, came up to me when I was in town, saying, "Oh my gosh, I had an experience similar to you." Um, you know, men and women, and um, I mean, just people. So it wasn't specific to a type of person or an age or some of the things that I think we all carry stereotypes, um, you know, about some of these situations. And it really blew my mind. And I think that was the first time that I realized the power of sharing my story. So this was all just, you know, small snippets, small articles in the sense, and mostly verbal. And it was having an impact. And I was like, okay, you know, and local businesses and restaurants we're stepping up the owners and managers and servers and bartenders were saying, Oh yeah, we see, we see some of these issues. We see the intersect between, I mean, even just alcohol and violence and sexual violence, you know, let alone some of these other pieces that have come in like the, you know, introduction of these horrible date rape drugs that just wipe you out, you know, on top of what could be other situations going on. And So that was, it was so beautiful to not only go and receive help, but to then become, you know, that was really my moving from here. I was a victim of a situation. And then I felt like as soon as I started getting this support and this healing going, I was a survivor of this situation. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, it was like through this advocacy work that I began doing and becoming a voice in the community, that's when it helped me move from survivor and it took years. I mean, this wasn't a leapfrogging forward. This was so much work, so many moments of falling back, of regressing and moving forward. But that's how I've become. It's like, now I'm, I'm an activist. I'm a thriver. And that's the way that I I call myself now. And it doesn't mean I don't have crap days because I do or come up against situations that scare me where things are triggered again, because they are, but that's the thriver mentality is I have my toolbox just like in construction. And it's so full of resources now that when I have one of those moments of, you know, like, ah, uh oh, like I'm triggered, I'm scared, I go into the toolbox and the toolbox is like, oh yeah, okay, you know, I'm gonna go do a meditation, I'm gonna phone a friend, I'm gonna call my therapist, you know, and so that's what I want for everyone because the worst is being alone. 
And that's what scared me, you know, in my beginning moments after I had gone through, you know, after I was assaulted and gone through this experience, it was when I felt alone and that, and that was the worst. And I was like, I want no one to have to experience that, you know, at all, but any longer than they have to, you know, and that's, that's the biggest piece. And I, I love Dove for helping me find my voice again and being like, yes, you're safe to talk. We are here for you, you know, and we'll make a container for you to be able to help people in the community. That was fabulous and so empowering. Yeah, I love that we have Dove Project on the island and they empower so many women to be thrivers and survivors. Yes. Coming out of victim and so much support. Absolutely. So much support to the community. And I love your activism. I was um, working at the hardware store restaurant at that time and Melinda jumped right on board. I love her, yes. the previous owner of the hardware store. And remember that time and how everybody was very supportive about what was going on and the information was getting out there. So thank you so much for being a part of that and getting that out into the community because I think it's very important in our small town. And I think that's something that can ripple out to other towns and cities too, just bringing this awareness to this and, you know, having the establishments be aware that these things can go on and have steps and, you know, inform their employees to be able to handle situations like this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really cool because the programs that Dove created, you know, could be replicated. And so that was the idea was, it was kind of like, here, we're going to do this trial run here. And, and the idea, you know, I know that Betsy had in, in, um, to some degree of success, it, it rolled out into other communities, um, because it, it is, it's like, there are things that we can do because that's what it feels like, you know, especially I hear that all the time when I'm talking with people casually and, and some of my dear friends, it's like, what can we do? feels like there's nothing we can do, whatever doing about it is. And it's like, when we have these tools and strategies and connections, it gives us hope, right? Because it's like, I mean, everybody should have the right to be safe in their community, safe in general. And, and yet it takes, it does take a village to enact that kind of safety because all it takes is a few people, you know, who are not participating in the desire of safety to be able to, you know, cause damage. And that's the piece is that we can't focus on that. We can focus on what's the infrastructure we do want in our community. And Vashon being such a close knit one is a great microcosm, you know, of what do we want so that we can really enjoy each other, enjoy the culture we develop here together. Yeah, big awareness around like, what are the signs? Yeah. And then what to do when you, when you recognize the signs, exactly. Someone in distress. Yeah. Tell us about your life remodel. So you started in construction. So tell us all about that story. Oh, well, I mean, it was funny. So just before talking with you now, I was actually working at our latest construction site and I was cleaning up concrete, which is just really a hard job to be honest. So I was cleaning it off of things that it shouldn't be on. Um, as the homeowner is about to move in, which is very exciting because when, you know, I mean, that's what's interesting is that I loved teaching. I loved the connection that I had with students and their families. I, I mean, I miss that at times because, 
it's such a, a special relationship. And that's what I had done. Uh, that's what I thought, to be honest, on many levels, though I had done lots of different types of teaching, that that was what I was here to do and be and, and give. And as I said, when I went through these really huge life-changing events, um, you know, initially going through divorce and losing my mom, you know, I think what's funny is, is that as it came to me that I wanted to build the thing that the companion to that thought was, but Julia, you stink at it. I mean, like not even that I didn't have him, like I didn't have experience because I didn't have experience, but the little bits of experience I had, like trying to hang a, you know, a picture on the wall didn't go good. And I was terrible. Like I just, I felt absolutely terrible at it. And so what was fun about this life remodel was that it was really a remodel of, you know, who I thought I was, because I think those old thoughts about, well, you stink at this really came from a history of being a perfectionist. And so as I gave myself allowance to say, yes, I don't know how to build and I can learn how to build. I will have to try really hard. I will have to show up and ask a lot of questions but I don't have to be perfect at this because I certainly wasn't a perfect teacher, but I felt very comfortable as a teacher. It was an intuitive relationship. Definitely things came up that would throw me for a loop, but, but the thought of building, you know, that was just so foreign to me. And so it was wonderful because when I, found the contractor who I've been working with now for almost six years, Don, um, he was he, just very similar to the 30 day book writing challenge. You know, he was gifted to me. I met up with a friend um, who's a lifelong friend out here who works in construction. And, you know, I basically said, is there anyone crazy enough to hire a 35 year old lady who can't build Ikea furniture for a carpentry apprenticeship? And my buddy looked down and kind of looked away and he's like, there's only one guy and his name's Don. And um, I was like, Don, okay, I'm gonna find this Don. <laughs> And, you know, I actually, what's funny is, is I met Don at the hardware store and um, as all things on Vashon seemed to circle back to certain places and I figured out who he was and, you know, asking Don to hire me was nothing like I had ever done in my life. I mean, normally I applied for positions that I was qualified for, but to ask for something and having to admit that I had no experience was, um, that was a big big shift in my mindset and, you know, and coming out of my perfectionism and the fact it was great. He was like, yeah, I love, he's like, I love teaching, you know, it would be really fun to teach you how to build. And so, and he wanted to pay me, which was impressive because I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, oh my gosh, he just hired me. And I mean, and we've been working together ever since. And it's been one of the greatest working relationships I've ever had because I can ask him questions and admit that I don't know things. I mean, you know, and that has been a huge remodel as well. And I love modeling that with my kids because they've seen me go through these last, you know, five and a half years of being a teacher as they knew me. And then, 
entering a world, a totally new world, um, work world, and have watched, you know, me with the crew build our house and then build a cabin, you know, on our property and, and become a builder. And so it's, it's been such a freeing process to, to be okay with not knowing, because I would say that that is the biggest life lesson that has come through working in construction is like really owning what I don't know and laughing too, laughing at myself. You know, I remember early on when Don was like, you know, I just learned how to use the chop saw, which is still my favorite saw, <laughs> but I, I was learning how to do the chop saw, you know, and learning how to cut boards to different measurements. And I remember one time, you know, he was like, um, I need you to cut it to a 23rd, you know, 23rd and 11 sixteenths. And I was like, 23 and 11 sixteenths. Okay. And, and I had to, I go, I don't know what 11 sixteenths means. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and he gets out the measuring tape and he's like, see how these, these are sixteenths. And I was like, oh, that's what those are. That's awesome. You know, and here I was a teacher and I didn't know what that was either. So um, I love those moments because we've laughed so hard. Like crew is wonderful with me in that way, because I definitely am still a rookie and I'm a proud rookie <laughs> and a lifelong learner. That's for sure. That's cool. I love what you said um, in the beginning and I fully believe this to be true. We are all builders, all constructing our own realities, rarely solo with garbage as a byproduct. I think that's amazing. I love that quote in there. So explain like constructing your own reality because you have completely done that. And you've taken all of the garbage, as you said, and it's the byproduct and use that as life change. Yeah. Illusion. Well, the metaphor, it, it's a beautiful one. And I mean, I, I feel like that's one of the strengths of under construction. The story is that because literal building, literal construction um, is such a, it's a, a concrete experience. Um, you know, it's tangible and it's a beautiful metaphor for what we are doing in our lives. And at some point, I think maybe in my late twenties, I kind of had this concept that as I grew older and was probably like my age right now at 41, like I'd have my life together, you know, like I'd have my partner, my kids, my job, my house and all these things. And that's just how it went. You know, it was like linear, kind of like this linear road of getting older and you get wiser and you get your stuff. And <laughs> as I got into my thirties, I realized that Either I was way out on, you know, in my own orbit, which could be true still, or that was total BS because as I started marching forth and getting older, in fact, things became far more complex. Um, my understanding of myself became so much deeper and, and I really started valuing things like vulnerability that were just words prior to me that I heard passing by. And, you know, it's like to be under construction 
is this dynamic process. And sometimes you are literally, you are building in your life. You're building a new career. You're building new relationships. Um, maybe you're building yourself. You know, you're building yourself physically or you're doing spirit work. And so you're building up, like just like when you're building a house or remodeling a house. But then there are these other times, and sometimes they're ones you choose, sometimes they choose you when, you know, something shifts. So it's like, ooh, that wall, I don't want that wall there anymore. Or it's like, ooh, I got, I got to demo this whole thing. And this whole thing is who I think I am right now is not working for me or my behavior, you know, my choices right now are not working for me. And, and you go in and I mean, you, you know, um, you demo and in under construction, I talk about how I learned how to demo because at first it's scary. It's like, wait, you want me to bash this wall in, you know, like there's stuff in there, right? Like what's inside. And it's the same thing. You know, it feels so overwhelming when you look at yourself and you're like, I know I'm not happy. I know I'm not thriving. But I don't know what's going to happen if I go in here and start moving stuff around. You know, I mean, am I going to be okay? And so the same thing happens in construction. You know, I love Don because, as I said, he's an incredible teacher. So I could be like, you know, I really don't understand. I don't even really understand what a stud is. I know it exists in there and you're supposed to hammer into it when you hang a picture. But that's about it when I started construction. And, you know, and he told me just like in ourselves, it's like, no, let's draw a whole map. You know, like here's the map of what's, what you need to think about. You got these electrical wires, plumbing, and we're the same way. You know, we have all these different facets inside and we're so complex in the same way that a project can be very complex. And so I just, I love, I love playing with the metaphor because it is, it's like, you know, I feel, I feel like I love remodeling now. I like, the problems that arise, like Bashan has some really wild and crazy houses. And so when we go in on these remodel projects, we find all sorts of crazy stuff. And that's true of all of us too. Sometimes when you get inside yourself, you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that, that I was that, or that I liked that, you know, and it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, symbiotic, the two things are to play back and forth between it's like, oh yeah. And I love being under construction because it gives you permission to not be this linear creature that, you know, at 50 has achieved something and that's when you'll be happy. You know, it's like, oh, being under construction means, you know, you find your joy even when you're knocking out the wall. You find your joy when you're confused in the plans and you're like, wait, what what am I doing here? I don't know. And so it gives a lot of freedom that you know, that I, I sure appreciate. And, you know, I like when I share that with people and they're like, Ooh, that feels really expansive. I'm like, it really is because yeah, you can design and build yourself any way you want. I love that. It reminds me of something else you said in your book, the alchemist of our transformation process. Yes. Well, <laughs> the literal story of the alchemist, um, I read many times and I love the concept, uh, I mean, a basic concept of alchemy, there are many interpretations of it, so I don't want to simplify it, but on a base level, you know, that's, that's what I realized is that each of us, you know, including myself, because I experienced it, could take something unpolished, you know, something that we don't even see having worth. And in that, 
it could be a very basic part of ourselves or our lives like that we can literally through that find our gold make our gold you know construct it brew it however whatever words resonate with you you know in the concept of alchemy and that it's already there you know that's the part that feels very true to me at this point in my life is that I'm not out seeking it. I'm not looking for gold out there. I'm like, no, I have it. I just have to be able to find it within myself to acknowledge it, you know, and to play with it and, and nurture it. And it is, it's kind of like, I love gemstones and I love rocks and I like to hold them and, and have different intentions. And it's very similar to that to somebody else. It could just be a rock, you know, but to me, it, holds all of what I'm doing in that moment and feeling and thinking. And so it's so much more. That's beautiful, Julia. And let's go in a little bit more around your construction crew and how supportive they were through your process, Dawn and Craig and everyone. Oh, so amazing. I mean, I feel really blessed on this front and Dawn and Craig and I had a fun meeting of the minds a week and a half ago where we were just kind of talking about, um, you know, my book coming out into the world and, and all of the stories that we have together. So I feel like I'm a part of a very special crew. Um, so I don't know if this would always be true in construction. In fact, they both tell me they've been on other crews and this was not the case, but you know, they both, I mean, are wonderful men and friends and that's what, I love the fact that when you build with people, you build trust because you, I mean, especially in construction, sometimes you're doing very dangerous things and you need to work, you know, together and to communicate, to say, if you don't feel safe, so you need to own your, your own physical body and emotional body in it and talk through it. And as we work together and then work together to build my house. Um, you know, it's like I got to know them so well. I mean, definitely as builders, but so much deeper because we were having all these conversations. And, you know, they they were there for me when my mom died, you know, and I went to work the next day, let alone, you know, after being assaulted and coming back to work. And that was when we were really starting to frame my house, doing the really hard work. Um, you know, it was like, yeah, we, they just created such a, a space for me to be authentic and to, to feel all the feelings as well as to say, come, come join us. You know, I just remember I write about it in the book, a very specific moment um, the week after I was assaulted and uh, Trump was elected president. <laughs> that was a, a heavy, heavy time. And it was just pissing rain. We're out working at my house where it was Don, Craig and I, and no one's talking <laughs> because it was horrible. You know, we were all emotionally were just so heavy. And when we lifted this framed wall that we had, had made of my house. I mean, I will never forget it. It was, it was like the scenes you see in from World War II, you know, where the flag is being lifted into place, you know? Um, I mean, that's what it felt like. It felt like we were constructing out of darkness. 
and that we had each other and we had all of us to show up to that moment, no matter how we were feeling. And we did it. I mean, when we lifted that wall, I remember it was just like, it felt incredible. And so it's really a special relationship to share. I mean, I, I've never, certainly never had it professionally and, and just with friends, it's been a beautiful, yeah, beautiful canvas of our backdrop. It's like, you know, when my friends come over and you can feel everybody's energy in my house, it's just like, it's a house that was constructed out of love. And to, like I said, to the point of even out of the darkest moments, you know, we can scaffold each other up to the light. There will be light. There will be safety. There will be healing. You know, there will be camaraderie. It's, um, you can feel it in the, in the bones of my house for sure. That's awesome, Julia. And you can really feel that when you read the book too. You really can see that. It's amazing. You also did a great thing with your students. You want to talk about that a little bit because you really got out there and created something beautiful for them in the community too. Well, it, it was special because of my work at Open Space here on Bashan as well. So I went through a period of time where I was working in construction and working at O Space. So that was um, kind of a lovely way of being in different worlds. And what they really, you know, David and uh, Amanda specifically doing the programming at Open Space really identified the need of teens on the island to create programming that was both their own derivative, you know, not like adults being like, here's your teen program. Um, and, and they brought me in because I had reached out to them when I was teaching at the middle school with a group of students who um, were English language learners here on the island. Um, most were Spanish speakers. And, you know, they felt, and especially it was almost kind of like a breakfast club vibe um, that they were in my class at the time uh, because they weren't smart enough. You know, it was like a holding tank for kids that, you know, weren't academic achievers, um, weren't the, you know, kids going to four-year schools. And so I saw that and it broke my heart. I was like, and because they were each one of them was brilliant in, you know, in their own way. And I reached out to open space while I was still teaching to David and Amanda. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm a teacher. I've got these kids. They have these ideas. Um, they wrote these letters. Writing the letters was very challenging for some of the students. They felt very passionate about that their voice would be heard by adults in the community um, and was welcomed. And so these letters became this beautiful, I mean, it's an interesting story woven into the construction because what was constructed through these kids was an amazing um, teen program that unfortunately through COVID has had to go through a few things, but I know is still unfolding now. Um, that was really, you know, teen directed experiences because these kids had great ideas. I mean, you know, everything from really outlandish things like water slide parks, which who wouldn't want to, <laughs> to things that were a little bit more doable in this moment, like having, um, you know, evenings specific to DJ music and, um, you know, visual art opportunities. And so 
it was really a cool process of working with um, everyone at Open Space. It became obviously a whole um, project that was developed, the Teen Club O, and which was a wonderful series of events of um, kind of like evening events for teens on the island. And the teens that came up with this got to come back, um, which was so amazing, you know, when they walked into what they had built, what their letters had started and and been pulled from uh i got to witness that at that time and oh it was it was beautiful you know it was beautiful because i saw i saw the sparks i saw that feeling of wow i i have i've been heard essentially and i have power and i have the power to create positive things for my community you know like heard the kids that I'd worked with, you know, say like, look, look what I helped make, you know, I helped create this night and just things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that was a lovely way of, of moving my teaching experience and my experience in supporting, um, you know, different teen outreach programs that I've been a part of for years um, into kind of this transition for me professionally from being a a full-time teacher to, um, to being in construction, you know, and talking to the kids about that as well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. You know, I, I'm always kind of listening and, and seeing what events are going on and, and checking in and, you know, cause I really care very much about the kids that I worked with and, and this community that just has some brilliant, I mean, I believe I'd, I've never met a non-brilliant kid, but I'm saying we've got some, especially, you know, like incredible creative beings um, in this community youth. And it's like, yeah, let's listen to them. They've got the ideas we need to manifest with them. Yeah, no kidding. God, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. How, has, um, how has changing your perspective changed the way you live your life? Oh, that's, that's a lovely question. Well, the first thing that immediately jumps forth is, like I said, this idea of being yeah. under construction. So I had a moment about a month ago when I realized that my story was really going to be born into the world and there were all these things to do. And, you know, I wanted it, to, my perfect Julia came up and it was like, I need this website, I need these things. And then I remember literally that day, I had a great phone conversation with a mentor of mine. And I'm like, oh yeah, my book is called Under Construction, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> That's the whole point. And so that is the greatest gift of, you know, really changing my mindset, changing, you know, it's and that's changed my lifestyle. The way I show up to each day um, has been to enjoy this process, the building process, to not worry about the end product, to have, you know, enjoy visualizing it, enjoy, I mean, I love, you know, doing vision boards. I love doing meditation around visualization. So I think that's a very powerful thing. And, you know, the journey really valuing these moments and even the full demo moments, even these moments of struggle and pain, you know, to really be able to feel and own that now I have the capacity to see through them, 
to the fact that I will have greater understanding. Through that greater understanding, I'll have greater compassion. And that then makes me more able to love, which is the happiness piece. And that, you know, happiness, yes, can be found going on a righteous vacation. And that's good. (laughs) But, But true joy is something that is unwavering. And that's a piece that I learned through this process. And I love um, one of my teachers in the sense, uh, Michael Beckwith. I love that he says this because he said regarding his own father's passing that he is joy. So he is 100% joy. And going through a hard and painful experience of losing his father, he said, I am joy and I have a companion of sadness. I have a companion of grief right now. But what I loved about what that does, and I've really, you know, been working to, to embody that because I love that is that no matter what happens, even things that are very gravitous in that way of losing a parent of loss of grieving, that's a companion. And that companion, just like most companions may shift and move. And it's not you. It's something you can set down. It's something you can take a break from and give yourself allowance to take a break from. So I think that's my, my greatest takeaway is because people always say, Julia, how, you know, you went through this year. Why are you always so happy? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not always, I'm not always like this. Although I, I feel like I'm more and more so like this, but what it is, is that I realize that through the coming out of the suffering, through getting scaffold and scaffolding myself out of the darkness that I am joy. And yeah, sometimes I have companions of anger. Sometimes I have, you know, companions of all sorts of things of fear, but it ain't me. You know, I know who I really am now. And that's been the greatest gift of going through these trials and tribulations and demos and remodels is it, oh, I now I know what's really in here. What's in these walls? Okay. <laughs> Gosh, I so. love that, Julie. And I know you're going to be an inspiration to a lot of listeners. Well, there's really fun to work. Yeah. And continue to. That's awesome. And I love all of the quotes that you have in your book. You can tell that you've leaned on a lot of um, top thought leaders. And yeah, well, it's wonderful. You know, that's the thing is that no one should walk the path alone. And there are just, that's the part where if I can be one person holding a lantern on your path, then that is an honor and a privilege. And I love the people, the people I've met, the people that just inspire me through their writing or their speaking or just being, um, you know, it's like, we're all lighting the way for each other, you know? So that's the part where I want to stand out there. I want to be out there even sometimes when it scares me, you know, to be out there, I'm like, no, this is where I, I, I need and want to be. So yeah, it really, like I said, it is an honor and that's writing this book and sharing it and talking with you. It's like, wow, what a privilege because this didn't happen to me as a punishment. This situation, these series of unfortunate events happened to me so I could rise into being this person I am now and to help others, you know, and to be a place, a person of comfort to help create places that are safe to enjoy. It's like, yes. Okay. I see. (laughs) I trust. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful, Julia. 
Well, thank you so much, Liz. It's been just a delight to share in this hour with you. It's been so beautiful listening to your story. Thank if there's you. one thing that you would like to leave our listeners with, what would that be? Uh, you know, I can't say this enough. And so I'll, I'll go back because the piece about asking for help and not just asking, but feeling worthy uh, of help, like saying, I am worth it. I am worth going out and saying that I don't, I shouldn't do this alone, that no matter what, I don't deserve negative things to happen to me. What I, I deserve are helpers and healers to come to me, to bring me wisdom, to lift me up so that I can use whatever it is that happened that feels negative, that feels punishing as my power. And there are, there are people ready to help. I'm a helper. You know, you're a helper (laughs) and that is what we do. And so I would just encourage anyone that's out there feeling alone, feeling without a voice, you know, feeling disempowered, please ask for help in some capacity, you know, and, and there are beautiful resources here, um, in our community and use them. Uh, you know, I use them. I don't know what would have happened if Amanda, and I had a friend who helped me. So I'm very grateful, but if I hadn't, you know, utilized some of these things, I wouldn't be here. You know, I might still be alone in my pain and I, yeah, help, help, help. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Julia. That's such an important message. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for joining me today. It's yeah, thank a pleasure you. and an honor to have you and host you and help get your book out there. It's amazing. Oh, I appreciate you, Liz, and I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Again, my name is Liz Peterson, and this is Raise the Vibe with Liz. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Raise the Vibe with Liz and my website at Liz's Healing Touch. And run out there and get Julia's book. It's coming out soon under construction, Healing Trauma While Building My Dream. Thanks, everybody. And remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.